Welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of the Charity Stripe Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, or in the water, do you believe we have a great show for you guys today? We're talking college basketball, but not just us at the Charity Stripe. That's right, we have Kyle Boone of CBS Sports coming in, dropping in with the phone call to make sense of the whole mess that is the NCAA M this season. So buckle up, tuck it into your waistband, because here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. Clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History final. Back. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Bases loaded. Two out. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Strive. Pitcher free throws because they're furries. And I'm flanked on my ride by defensive coordinator Alex Tossimi, the Rock Tosopoulos. And like you heard in the introduction, we have a phone call with Kyle Boone that's recorded, and you guys are about to hear it today. But before we do, before we get into that phone call, which is a great phone call, and you guys should be super stoked about it, something else you should be super stoked about is a message from our sponsors that Tossimi, the Rock, is going to give you right now. True Classic Tees. That was kind of a tease that like, you know, yeah. when was I going to come on kind of thing? Because yeah. Josh kind of, he elongated that introduction, yeah. which is not what I normally get because you normally give it to Nikki's next Kreider, yeah, which true. I'm still pretty hurt about just, to, just generally. Um, it, it has to come happen naturally, your, your introduction. You'll get it one day. One day I will get it. Maybe by episode 500. Maybe, which would be the, um, what is that? What do you call that? The the by the half half I don't know half millennial half centennial half centennial well centennial would be one hundred I don't know what any of these mean you do, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know I don't know what anything means but I do know comfortable shirts do you they do I do too because uh, you know I I shop at trueclassictees.com okay trueclassictees.com right now I'm actually freaking out Josh because <laughs> no, I'm serious I'm serious because because <laughs> He's losing his mind. Why uh, are you losing your mind? I'm losing my mind because our dryer is not working. And you know what's in our dryer right now? What's in our dryer? All of my true classic tees. <laughs> our dryer's not working and I can't dry my true classic tees. I don't know why I washed and dried them all at the same time. Not very smart of myself. No. Because I wear them every single day because they are so comfortable. They are wicked comfortable. They feel like an expensive shirt, but they're not. Very inexpensive. You can buy a three pack of these shirts. For thirty-two bucks, and you can take twenty percent off by using the code believe B L E A V for twenty percent off at trueclassictees.com. Twenty percent off—that's a lot of percentage. That's twenty percent of the total one hundred percent 
of the amount that the t-shirts cost. It's a fifth off. So it's basically like 26 bucks. Fractional math. Nice. Yeah, which is like, you know, you get like a not the sub of the day at Subway, a 12-inch sub. It's like three Subway sandwiches. So basically, you're mm. getting three shirts for three Subway sandwiches. And I buy a lot of clothes, and that's a pretty damn good deal. Yeah. So fix your dryers. Hope One. your washer is going well. Two. Wear, wear true classic tees. You ever gotten something stuck in your throat? <laughs> Mid-advertisement? Oh, yeah. I could help, help you finish. Wear true classic tees, guys. TCT. Uh, <laughs> go go get those while Toss is dying. Um, and, yeah, just wear those tees. But more importantly... Let's talk uh, some college hoops. Let's talk some college hoops. We've talked enough about clothing. Uh, Kyle is a writer for CBS Sports, like we mentioned in the intro, uh, for college basketball. Great insight. The episodes was... The phone call was amazing. We really had a great time, and we hope you guys enjoyed too. So without further ado... Here is our show about college basketball with the Kyle Boone. All right, guys, as you heard in the introduction, we got Kyle Boone of CBS Sports on the line with us. He's a coffee aficionado and a hater of your team, as it says in his Twitter bio and any bio you could really find of the guy. Kyle, how you doing today, man? I am good, man. I'm doing, uh, I'm doing good. Glad to uh, join you guys and, and talk some hoops. Yeah, absolutely, man. Listen, this is a college. Before we get into yeah, the hoops, please though, toss. What's what's your go to cup of coffee? Like, what oh, what's point. your go to order you at any coffee that, shop? Yeah. yeah, so um, I don't like Starbucks. That may sound weird, but um, I like to brew my own coffee. Uh, there is a coffee shop in New Mexico. It's called New Mexico Pinion Coffee. And uh, I am just a, a strong advocate of them. I feel like I'm kind of a walking advertisement for them, but their coffee is so, so good. And I brew it at home, uh, make you know a, a pot of coffee every morning, drink the entire thing. I, I feel like I'm like 90 years old telling you about this, but uh, it's good. It's really good. That's actually the best like plug and most random plug I think awesome. yeah. anyone could ever have on a podcast. It's amazing. I feel like you're the Walter White of coffee now, honestly. <laughs> I, I'm just waiting for like me to get sponsored by New Mexico Opinion. I, I hope that... So, if we could help, point. man. I'm happy to help with that. <laughs> we'll, we'll plug. We'll, we'll shoot it over to their people we'll, if we can find yeah. them. No problem there. Um, the, oh, yes. Our interns flipped around his monitor. And you can get a $10 now online. That's pretty good. We'll have to take a look at it. Uh, it's not bad there's a there's a caramel um there's a caramel blend mm -hmm. that um it's just it's just killer it's absolutely killer yeah well thanks for the insight on coffee and now that you've given you. us help there we need some help in college basketball it's been a season unlike we've ever seen before um and honestly for those who are really big time fans of the sport in the best possible way i mean obviously last year though zion rj and cam didn't get it done they were a massive yeah. favorite throughout the tournament and they really took up all of college basketball last year it was the zion show and if it wasn't the zion show it was the rj show and there's nothing wrong with that don't get me wrong we love our Anthony Davises we love our Carl Anthony Towns those guys are spectacles to watch and when you have a guy like that you know I mean we're a little young for the Hakeem Olajuwon the Ralph Sampson days but when you have guys like that in March Madness and college basketball it makes for fun things to watch but this year it's kind of anyone's game and we have our obviously our big conferences the Big Ten has been you know what the SEC football is they kind of tear each other apart you know, mm -hmm. limb from limb. Uh, the Pac-12 has some guys that are under the radar because the Pac-12 network is in the entire conference is the worst covered conference. Whoever's the president of the Pac-12 should be canned, um, yep. in my opinion. Um, we have some guys over there, and, and obviously the SEC, you know, um, and, and the ACC, and across the board in our Big 12. But then we have guys like San Diego State, 
Dayton, who are top five teams. Obviously, Gonzaga has now moved to the blue chip program, um, but still, they're not in a power five conference. So if we can, I want to start there. What can we trust with these Creightons, with these BYUs, you know? What can we trust with these teams going forward, and can we really buy into them making deep runs into the March Madness tournament because that's where we're headed in less than a month? I mean, we had an undefeated San Diego State team who just— lost to UNLV this past weekend. And also, you know, you look at the, it's the same thing that we ask in college football, right? It's who are they playing? What is that level of competition? And and is it anything in comparison to what they're going to see in the tournament? Yeah. I I love that personally that you brought up Creighton because that's a, that's a team that I am strong eyeball emojiing going into March. I feel like no one is talking about this team, but their offense is legit. They are really, really deep. Um, a team that I think I'm going to pick to maybe go to the Elite Eight, and uh, they're 22 and six. They are on an absolute tear right now, and uh, probably not the Big East team that people are going to be trying to trust in the NCAA tournament, but a really good team, a really good offensive team. Uh, one one that I think I trust. You use that word trust. Um, there's some other teams that I think I generally trust too. Like I trust Dayton just because. Obi Toppin is amazing, and that offense and the way they play, I, I think, will translate to the NCAA tournament. I trust Kansas because I think their defense is legit. Um, and, and Devon Dotson and Yudo Kazabuki have just been a force. Um, beyond that, though, like I don't really trust very many teams this year, and, and maybe that's just a product of this season and kind of just how hectic this season has been. Mm-hmm. But um, just in terms of trust level, like – I really am only kind of betting on like two or three teams that I think can realistically win it all this season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, think that's, that's that, a fair assessment. That's a fair assessment for sure. I think I love how you kind of, you know, I, when my Obi topic comparison and it may not be a great one, but I think it's a fun one and you kind of back ended him with Kansas. I think he's like what I wanted Thomas Robinson to be like that six, nine, that athletic forward. He's like, but he's like got that bounce, you know, he's got that quick pace that could really translate in, into the NBA. You have him obviously. And then you have Trey Landers and Watson who are good three, four options and I think Crutcher, we're finally seeing Jalen Crutcher get the, the respect he deserves. That guy is, yep. I mean, I think going deep into the tournament, you need that guard that can A, hit the three, and B, you know, kick it from the stripe. You yeah, know. I, that was, that was a, what I was going to ask. Is there anything in particular you're looking from a team-to-team yeah. basis that they need to bring to the table? Um, for me, for me, it's a, a, a playmaking guard who can knock down the three. Yeah. A, yeah. a big man who you can get post touches on and, and can clear guys in the paint and also rebound and be a defensive presence, um, whether it's blocking shots or, or at least just stepping in front of guys down in the paint. And then another, uh, another shooter as well who can you know lighten the load on that main, main guard or main big man that you have. And then obviously, you know it's got to all be tied together with a good coach. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the core that I'm looking at. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it varies team by team, right? Because sure. um, like if you look at, for example, Michigan State is the team that you you basically just described, like a, yeah. t- a team that has a great coach. Kentucky. They have a, a first-round prospect in Cassius Winston, who I believe will be really productive at the NBA level, but he's done it before. He took Michigan State to the Final Four last year. Xavier Tillman, we know, can be one of the most productive big men in the country when he's really clicking. San Diego State, they have a great guard in Malachi Flynn. 
Baylor, their defense is legit, and they go like 48 deep on the roster. <laughs> and then Kansas, you know, they've got Yudo Kazabuki, the best big man in college basketball. So, like, all these different teams bring something different to the table. Yeah. My personal preference when I'm, like, trying to scout and, and be like, all right, which team do I think can make a realistic run? Maybe it's just a product of me, like, growing up watching Kimball Walker do Kimball Walker things. I just trust a lead guard. Like, if they have a, an elite lead guard who can be a playmaker, a facilitator, and a scorer, um, I, I gravitate to those teams. And I think that's kind of why I really like Kansas right now. Like, I think mm. Kansas is probably going to end up being the team that I picked to win it all. Yeah. Um, that's kind of why I like San Diego state. And I think people are going to say, well, they're, they're a little bit overrated and they're not in a good conference, but yeah, Malachi Flynn has been playing so well Duke with Trey Jones. So, uh, and, and going back to Michigan state, that's why I still, despite Michigan state struggles, I still really like that team. So, um, if I'm going to put some, like, just pick one thing, I think it's just like an elite lead guard who can create, facilitate, score, like right. do everything for a team. And yeah. especially at the end of games, yeah. <clears throat> late in the mm. tournament, you're looking for a guard who's going to be your shot taker at the end rather than, right. I mean, Kansas, whatever, you know, whatever you'll say about Azubuki, I mean, he's the most dominant big man in college basketball right now, but they're not going to give him a post touch with 15 seconds left. They're going to probably have dots in running you know a pick and roll with him or something like that. like he's going to be driving that action at the end of a game mm-hmm. absolutely and they do yeah. have marcus garrett to kind of spell them he was just like a great long guard um on that end i think i think kind of the way you guys were talking here i think that going back to that creighton point if we're going to really take a flyer on any of these you know non-power five or gonzaga level teams like the dayton's obviously you know we know what to expect from them but between san diego state who's been a hot team all season but creighton has three guards, you know, who can rip it from three, who are averaging 10-plus a game. You know, they're a super – I think they're – offensively, they're a dangerous team. Now, people say, okay, in the Kempom, they kind of try to favor the defensive side, but these are mm-hmm. high-octane offenses. Do you, How much weight are you putting into the Kempom um, rankings as far as that goes? Because looking at it, it's usually a good combination of both. If you're too skewed one way, it doesn't usually work out. I, I use it as a reference, but it's not like my Bible. You yeah. know, I think mm. college basketball diehards are like, you know, they live and die by the Ken Palm. I think it's pretty useful just to kind of see like where they're efficient and where they are not efficient and what they're good at, what maybe they're not so good at. But um, I, I kind of just tend to trust my eyes. Like if I see a, a see, see a team that I trust and I, I feel good about in the way they play and the way they gel – um, I kind of just like favor that more than just like, okay, well, Creighton rates number 14 at Ken Palm. Like I, I kind of trust my eyes more with that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if I, before we jump in going kind of like power five by power five, two more teams I want to touch upon right here that are outside of the power five, Villanova and Gonzaga, two teams that we've seen, obviously, you know, Gonzaga's gone to the, gone to the finals championship. And then we've seen Nova do it in 16 and 18. Um, where do we see them this year? Because these are two teams that personally I'm loving and hoping I get a good position in the bracket that I can send them as far as possible. Yes, I I am pretty in on Villanova. Um, yeah, I, I look at Villanova and, and I just keep kind of side-eyeing Sadiq Bey the way he's been playing. And yeah. uh, I, I've talked to a few NBA scouts and, and they're just like gushing about this guy who – you know, coming into the season, I don't think it was on the NBA draft radar at all. And now I think there's a chance he's going to be a lottery pick. And he's not maybe a shot creator, but 
He's like six foot eight, six foot nine, super long, can knock down three pointers, just kind of like a prototypical wing. And Villanova, the way they use him, they they use him primarily on the wing, but he's playing the four some, and I think he's just kind of a difference maker. I think there's a chance he can go up a level and and just be absolutely dominant for Villanova. But you know, you look at Villanova's roster, and it's more than just Sadiq Bay. Jeremiah Robinson Earl has been playing really, really well. Yeah. Um, I, I obviously like their guards, and I feel like I, I always love Villanova's guards. They're just so tough, and they, they play really, really uh, good team defense. And so I like Villanova um, for, for all of those reasons. It's a good combination not... of upperclassmen and freshmen they have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And so, um, and Gonzaga, I think, is kind of the same deal where, you know, I think their best player is probably Killian Tilly. But um, I, really? I like the way that I, I do. I, I talked to, so I talked to Matt Norlander, and he's, he's talked to uh, Mark Few earlier this season. And, yeah. You know, you, you look at the way that team has played and Petrusev is, is, has probably emerged as the most productive player and, and they've got some other good play from other players. I'm, Joel a, Kispert, I'm a Kispert fan. I think he's so good. He's yeah, I love fan. Kispert. Yeah, but um, like that staff insists that Killian Attili, when he's healthy, he's that dude. Like he is the guy, he is the best player. And uh, if they're healthy, like if Killian Attili basically is healthy, I am in on Gonzaga. I just... I, I'm dubious that he can stay healthy for two or three weeks at a time. It seems yeah, like every been the problem every the time, every man. week or two, basically the last two years, he's been banged up. But if they are healthy, I think they're going to be a great value um, in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, it's all I mean, the start. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, you know, when you're looking at potential upsets, or at least the way that I look at it, when I'm looking at my bracket, when the time comes, I look at if a team, a lower lower rated seed. How, how they shoot from three, really. Because yeah. if they can put up 15, if they can make 15 threes in a game, anything can happen, right? Yeah. They can they can upset any team. And for this Gonzaga team to be this good at shooting and also have all the other tools that, you know, a championship contender should have makes me really makes me really think highly of them. And, and keep, yeah, I'm keeping an eye out. But obviously, like what you're saying is so totally true about the injury. If, if Tilly's not going to be on the court, like... I, I just can't I can't put them going all the way. I think I have him if he's there going all the way. I just think it's tough for me. I think Udoka Ozubuka is the best player in college basketball. He's just a, the dominant force um, down low. He's too tough to handle. And if they get that pick and roll going, uh, that he's just completely lob city over in Kansas. The seventy four percent from the field is just you know unworldly. Um, but I like what you bring up with Villanova. I think Sadiq Bay is a, guy, a good guy to keep an eye on. He's been uber productive, flying on the whole Villanova team. I think has been like shadily flying under the radar. They dropped a couple games here and there, obviously, but they've still been that top ten, top twelve productive team. And Sadiq Bay could have that Cam Johnson level kind of rise, based on what you're saying that we saw into the lottery if he has a good tournament. Yeah, I love the Cam Johnson comp. I did not expect Cam Johnson to be a lottery pick, but. Uh, you know, I, I think it's definitely possible that Bay is that guy this year, the guy that goes from, you know, off off the radar entirely to a, a first rounder. Just the way the NBA's played, they value length and uh, shooting, and uh, I think he could do that for Villanova and for an NBA team. It'll be fun to watch. Absolutely. All right, let's just hop in some conferences right here. We got the ACC. The ACC is the pinnacle of college basketball. We see UNC, a team that many of us thought. I don't think any of us thought in our in our group that they would go 
to the Final Four, but a team that we thought would at least be competitive, Sweet 16 Elite Eight level team. They've mm-hmm. had a, a year to forget, hopefully, yeah. and with a good influx of recruits next year, they kind of make that comeback. But the three big teams in the ACC have been Louisville, Duke, Florida State, and you have UVA waiting in the wings, a really hot Cavalier team. Of those three, four teams, who are you liking to go deep? Who's a kind of a pretender for you? Um, is there anyone else in the ACC we should be really watching out for? I love Florida State, and you guys will have to keep me in check here because I tend to kind of favor teams that have NBA talent. And when I look at Florida State, for example, on um, I guess it was Monday playing Louisville, the way they played in the second half, the way they were gelling, the way Devin Vassell and Patrick Williams were playing, I I just think they have too much talent. And it's going to be really tough for me to pick them to lose in the NCAA tournament. I'm sure it will happen. I don't think they'll win at all. But um, just just their talent level is absurd, and I think they are definitely head and shoulders above everyone else in the ACC. And I, I, it's not a knock to Duke necessarily. I, I really like Duke's talent, but their consistent their consistency or their lack thereof um, is uh, is alarming to me. Yeah. And uh, so for that reason, I'm kind of fading Duke, and uh, maybe that'll end up kind of biting me in the behind. But I just don't trust Duke, and I trust Florida State a little bit more. Yeah, I don't like you want us to push back on you, but I'm I'm having a tough time being able to do that. The one thing that I'll say is, I, they're so good at home, and some of these teams that are so good at home, I wonder, you Florida know, when, State? when they get yeah. on the road, if that changes mm-hmm. things. Um, lost at home. But yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like you look at any Leonard Hamilton coach team, and you're like, yeah, they could make the Elite Eight for sure, because he's a great coach, and they you know yep. they're going to play gritty defense. And with Vassell finally being you know, a, a high-level score. Patrick Williams is amazing. He's he's awesome. He's great. I, I like Trent Forrest, too, Trent, though. Yeah, I, yeah. Defensively, they're super gritty, and they can match up against, like, if they have to go up against, you know, a team like Baylor, who's kind of guard-heavy, and you say they, they do run deep, and that is a problem. You know, fresh legs is always great, but a, a Jared Butler-led team and a Matt Mitchell-led team, I, I, I like this Florida State. I like the length. I think I think Devin Vassell is, is a lottery pick. Lock. I think he's going to be like, you know, some team's going to take a shot at him in that, that 12 to 14 range, kind of like they did with yep. Tyler Harrow, and they're going to come away with gold. Yeah, I think I think that's probably right. Like, I think he's probably, like, uh, going to be a little bit higher than uh, who we talked about earlier, Sadiq Bey. Like, I think the way yeah. that Vassell has been playing this season, the way his shot has really come along, he's uh, he's going to be a lottery pick. But he And he can defend, too. Yeah. Like he's yeah. like he's like Harrow, but he can also play defense, which is, which is yeah, an NBA yeah, any NBA team's wet dream, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what, what about the defending national champs in Louisville? Do we expect a lot out of them? I mean, I, I'm not as high on Louisville. I know they have all the pieces, and on paper they look great. They just don't seem to put it together. I feel like they rely too much on War late in the game, you know. And outside of that, I think they're a little young. In certain areas, yeah. like David Johnson, Williamson, you know, he hasn't materialized like I thought he would. Yeah, I, I, I it's kind of the trust thing again. Like, I just don't trust Louisville. And uh, and maybe I'm kind of skewed because I saw them blow like a 48-point lead to Duke last year. And I, I just have not been able to get that out of my system. And uh, they did it earlier this week, too, where they, they had a comfortable lead over Florida State, ended up blowing it. And I just feel like this team kind of lacks some pizzazz. Like they just, they don't have a guy that they really go to and trust. Jordan Nora is, I think their best player, but uh, he's kind of shrunk in some big moments this season. And I think that's notable. And, and maybe mm-hmm. he just 
had an off night a couple times and uh, we can sweep it under the rug and they get to the NCAA tournament and he's just amazing and he's that guy. But um, I kind of just, I'm not buying it. Like I kind of just want to see it first. I mean, when when was the last time where like a guy coming into the year who was supposed to be a Naismith contender disappointed during the regular season and then just turned it on in the tournament and took his team all the way there? He's still been good though. He's been good, but he, there are other guys who have jumped him in yeah. the Naismith conversation. Oh, yeah, the bigs have been dominating. Yeah. Garza has been, Luca Garza has been like a one man wrecking. He was great to watch. You watched the game last night against Michigan State? I did. Yes. I yeah, assumed I did. you did. I, you know, I didn't put me to put you on the spot. I know it is your gig. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed you did. Um, but yeah, I think we could kind of, I guess, maybe transition to the Big Ten slowly. Um, but yeah. I think it's, it's. T- I mean, it's just tough, man. I mean, the, the, obviously, I think everyone on the Louisville team kind of benefits from war. Whether he's on fire, they're going to be great. Yeah. If he's not, then the rest of the team's going to flounder. And when you have deeper teams, when you have your Villanovas, when you have, you know, your Creightons who can shoot the lights out of the place, or your Auburns, who we'll get into in a little bit, my favorite college basketball team, who could just run up and down the floor and kill you in transition, it's, it's just going to be a tough, tough draw if that Louisville team is not on full cylinders. If they are, it's a difference. You know, they are going to be great. But if they're not, it's too up in the air. And so I think the, the point of trust is great. Um, I think UVA is hot. If I may throw them out there, I just don't see them making any, doing anything splashy deep. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's just a fair and bland take. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine Virginia making a run, and uh, maybe the non-traditional way of the how they kind of play the game with with defense and just a terrible offense could actually happen. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, but uh, I, it's like such an extreme this year. Like uh, going to Ken Palm, they are the number four rated defense in terms of adjusted efficiency. Offense, it's number 216. I, I would have to look, but I can probably bet that that's the biggest discrepancy between offensive and defensive efficiency in college basketball. So it's just – it's kind of jarring. But yeah. uh, they still keep winning, so I, I don't know. I, I – I don't, I don't know what to make of Virginia right now. Definitely a team where if they, we were talking about this last night, if they slide in as an eight or a nine seed, then you know people are going to be looking for them to be that second round upset against yep. the one. Yeah, I mean, I just by name and name alone, I would be happy yep. to throw them in as like an eight nine against like San Diego State. No offense, to, I know you said you like them. I just, I think the two of us have been having a tough time just because you know. The schedule just doesn't lend itself, and I'd rather pick one of the other non non notable teams or non like household name teams to really make a splash. You know, maybe like a Seton Hall. I kind of dig. I'm kind of into the yes. I'm kind of into the Miles Powell game. Yeah, talk about player of the year candidate right there. Yeah, him. You know, there's so many shady guys. I mean, there's so many guys in the Pac-12 who low key could be uh, player of the year. But going into the Big Ten, like, what the hell's going on there, man? It's insanity. <laughs> it, it, it's insanity. Like one day, like Maryland. I mean, Mark, t- talk about trust. I, I don't trust Marky e. T. As far as I can throw him. Um, no. Nope. One of our friends out here in Los Angeles is like the biggest. Maryland fan really really adapt with college basketball knows his shit like can keep up with us happy to talk to him at the bar versus talking to a girl about college hoops but the minute we get into the, the minute we get into the team that resides in college park it's just you know he's just a complete homer and he's the blinders gone. are on the blinders are on and I, listen I love Jalen Smith what he's done is amazing I think Anthony Cowan's great but are they really the best team in the Big Ten or is there someone else or can we trust like and speaking of trust can we trust this Penn State team led by Lamar Stevens um, or this young Michigan Right, that's the same problem with Michigan too. Right? Yeah. I think, yeah. Go ahead, if you, yeah. Carry away and 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 save my mind here. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I I guess Maryland's the best team in the Big Ten. Nice. I mean, I, I'm pretty nice. sure I'm pretty sure they're gonna win the conference, but like I I just don't like that team. Like I just don't trust Mark Turgeon and Maryland. Fan, I I feel like it's pretty telling actually that most Maryland fans that I know, like my editor Audie Joseph, is a Maryland alum and. I feel like for the most part, Maryland fans just kind of hate their team and maybe they like this team, but um, they're just super like pessimistic. And maybe it's just because Mark Turgeon hasn't had a ton of success in the NCAA tournament, but I feel like they're, they're feeling towards this team overall and just like their general pessimism and like, Oh, woe is me. Something bad is going to go wrong. I feel like that just kind of lends me to believe that something is going to go wrong with Maryland. So I, <laughs> I don't like that team. Is it because Anthony Cowan's kind of a chucker? He just like, <laughs> like he, he's shooting less than 40%. Yeah. He's a heaver. He's like the J.R. Smith of college basketball. But like, not, yeah. But not as ridiculous as like a human being. So it kind of like, doesn't like, at what point notice. does it like? Do I not care that someone's averaging sixteen points a game when they're shooting less than forty percent? Hundred percent. That that's the point. You don't care. At that I, point, yeah. at that point, if you're not efficient, I don't really give a shit how many points per game you're you're averaging. To be honest, I mean, again, like I'm with you. I think that's like the best way to sell it. I, I look at this team. I go, you can play the lights out of the place, but then when you really need to close out games, and you need, I don't care where the game's being. I don't care that it's held in Columbus. I, you know, if you need, you have to go in and beat that Ohio State team. Ohio State's a good basketball team. The Caleb Wesson is awesome. He'll probably finish, you know, top ten, top fifteen in Player of the Year voting um, or rankings, and he's been great. Uh, Andre Wesson's been also really good. Kyle Young, they have good pieces there, but they don't have dj carton who's one of their best players and right. if he's not in the game and you're supposedly the best team in the big 10 you have to go in there and take care of business for me to really buy into you and they couldn't do that i don't care what happens late in the game with cowan still you have to go in there and close things out like i like do i don't have any faith in them against this michigan state team who really stuck it to like it, like xavier tillman was awesome against luca garza in the second half last night and rocket yep. watts took over and cashes winston was good but really didn't have to do all that much so I'm right. looking at this game on Saturday, and I'm going, okay, listen, it's in College Park. Everyone's going to show out. Anything could happen at home, and they are the favored team. But at the end of the day, I was in on Michigan State to begin with. I still think that's the best team. I love what Iowa has with Luka Garza. I think Lamar Stevens is a nice story at Penn State. Again, I'm not sold on those two teams. I think the issue with Michigan, though, going is not they're not as talented as, you know, as Gonzaga, but they are still – you know, pretty deep. The the injury to Isaiah Livers has kind of had them fall off the map. But if he's healthy, I mean, that kid is awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree. So I, I'm going to pick my two favorite Big Ten teams. Please. Uh, number one, top of the list. I can't help myself. It's Michigan State. Me neither. Uh, I'm, I'm, no, we're with you, dude. Don't. Like, yeah, it's okay. Don't yeah. be. Don't. You know, no one's going to judge you here. We're on the same page. So, okay, so this is a safe space here because I I feel generally bad about it because. They just have not looked good basically this entire month, and they're very, very frustrating to watch. Like their offense, I feel like should be like clearly the best in college basketball, and it's just like kind of okay. Um, but you know, I think when it's clicking, we've seen it at times this season. It's looked really, really good, and um, and they're not obviously like they're not like load managing like Kawhi style for March, but I do feel like they can take it up another level that they just haven't quite got to yet. Yeah. And um, so for, I, there's a lot of reasons, obviously, Izzo and, and all that. But I, I think they're my favorite Big Ten team, and I think they will go the deepest in March. Yeah. Um, the second 
Big Ten team. I don't know if you guys are ready for this. It's Illinois. Yes. And I just mouthed it to him. That's my team it, right there. That's my team. I love them so much. I love them. I, I am an IO truther, and uh, I will never get off of that. Like, I just think he's a great college basketball player. I'm still a little dubious about, like, what he's going to look like in the NBA. But sure, sure. When he's like firing and like Illinois is really clicking, I feel like with with the way Coburn is playing and like their guard play is really really good and Feliz um, is nice. I, he's a good compliment. Yeah, yeah. So like I, those are my two favorite teams, and I I think I would probably bet on them going the farthest out of any other Big Ten team. Yeah, I, th- I think no, I think that's a great point. I love yeah. Illinois. I think I, I, with IOB, he missed a couple games, and that set them back a little bit and has allowed yep. them to kind of float under the radar. Um, but that Penn State game was super telling. Kofi has been dominant and kind of goes with Toss and Joy's good guard play who can make it happen on his own with the big man who can contend with other big men. I think that Illinois team, if they get in as like a seven seed, and you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling them versus Maryland in round two, I'm going to rip it. Yes. And I know you're and now I know you're going to rip it too. And we're going to ride that wave together. Um, but yeah, I think those are great points. It's a great team to watch out for I, in the Big Ten. I think like we're going to go into that Big Ten conference tournament, and I think Michigan State's going to win the tournament, and then they're just going to get hot at the right time. Yeah. And and everyone's and everyone's gonna be riding the hot hand and take them deep into the tournament like we always do, and then they're not gonna get there and, and close out. But I, that's that's my a, prediction. I'm stoked to have a different bracket. I just, this year. just I have such a tough time betting against Tom Izzo. I just tough. I, yeah. Can't, yeah, I can't do He's it. Like it's very rare that he drops the ball. Um, I think we've it kinda, does it does yeah. feel like a little weird that um, like obviously Michigan State was preseason number one. I think right. there was absolutely a point earlier this season i don't know when it was but there was a point where we were discussing at least among us uh, at cbs like is this the most disappointing preseason number one team of all time and like they've obviously rebounded i think they're having a fine season they're going to the NCAA tournament like it's it's definitely not as bad as uh, the the most disappointing team ever but like the fact that we kind of almost got to that point it's, it's kind of hard to rebound. Like I, I, I have fully admitted I can't quit Michigan state. That's my, that's my team. But um, like just the fact that, you know, they were in discussion as like just a, just a terrible underachiever. Um, you know, I, I think I going to keep that in the back of my head just uh, for NCAA tournament purposes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to kind of wait on that. I mean, it's like the, it's like, the, but I look at it like, the Washington Nationals were supposed to blow blow the you know blow the doors off of the NL East, even with a good Braves and a good Mets and a good Phillies team. That's a very competitive division of baseball. Not to cross sport this thing. Um, I you, just, I to, I, you are. Cross-sport. I know. Just I just have spring training <laughs> fever on, and I'm just looking at the Red Sox player beat the shit out of the Yankees player across me on our flag. I mean, it's it's the Washington Nationals kind of snuck in as the wild card. And then when it was time to get hot, Scherzer, Strasburg, and, and Corbin showed up, and the, and the lineup showed up. So I kind yeah. of am like, okay, listen, as long as like Toss is saying when they get hot at the right time, I could kind of roll in with them. But I think it's a great point. They are very, very disappointing, you know, preseason number one, and has I can't really recall a preseason number one that you know has been this up and down <clears throat> in a long time. Um, right. Yeah. Just very, very enigmatic. Like I still kind of don't know what to make of them. I'm just going to trust the talent. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I think we've kind of hit on the big 12 at the beginning outside of Kansas, a team we love and outside of Baylor, who's got unbelievable that between Butler, Teague and Mitchell, that three headed monster guard play is, is, is lethal. And I think, yeah. and I look at them, I go, they're just like a, not as long Kansas, to be honest. 
And that, at the end of the day, it could get them far as long as they're in the opposite side of the bracket. But when it comes time to toe against, you know, the Jayhawks, I still think they're in, in trouble. I, I just don't think they could beat that team. Plus, I think I think Scott Drew's a great coach. I just think Bill Self is a mastermind, and he never disappoints. That or very rarely, he very rarely sends a team out there that doesn't show out. Um, but outside of those two teams, like I we, just I think that Baylor is. I don't know. I, I'm not completely sold on them. I kind of think they're chump change. I don't think they're that good. I don't know. I just, they don't have anyone down low who can really, any team that has a competent big is going to eat them alive. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Maybe it's Baylor. So maybe it's Baylor. Maybe it's because I'm a, I'm a Longhorn through and through, but that, I mean, the Longhorns suck. So why does this shouldn't yeah. have anything to do with that? Uh, the, no, the Longhorns, <laughs> the Longhorns are just good enough that I'm, thinking Saturday against the Red Raiders we could go in and upset them and they're going to lose by 30 and I'm going to hate Shaka Smart even <laughs> yeah. dude, dude I, it's like the dude Kyle it is like the world being a Longhorn fan is like it's like being a Cubs fan in like the early 2000s you think you have it all together and it's just a disaster and every time they can let you down they just do we'll probably win the NIT tournament this year 100% though. back to back <laughs> NIT champs you could lock that in I would, I would bet a pinky that we even at least get to the final four of the NIT um, but are there any other teams like, like the West Virginia who speaking of a team that's all like they're like the you know they're, they're like ironically the Virginia of the Big 12 I feel like just all defense and yeah. the Red Raiders are streaky as can is be is Jameis Ramsey good enough to to make to, to let the, the Red Raiders make a run yeah are we, can we trust any of these teams or are we just kind of going Baylor Kansas here I, I'm fully ejecting on the entire Big 12 except for Kansas and Baylor um, okay, cool. I was looking at this earlier I'm, I'm pretty sure we are, you know, it depends on, I guess, where OU, Texas, TCU, like those three bubble-ish teams go. Uh, there's a chance that, like, they only get four NCAA tournament teams in this year. And uh, I'm pretty sure that would be the least amount since uh, since realignment, since Texas A&M bolted. And uh, generally, like, I, I feel like the Big 12 is just kind of down this year. And I don't trust Texas Tech. I feel like they're a little bit streaky, like you guys mentioned. West Virginia... I, I I like their their bigs. Yeah, I think they're um, a year I, away. They're like a yeah, year away from being good. Yeah, like um. So I you know for that reason, like I just I'm only trailing Kansas and Baylor. The other teams, like they could win a game or two, but um, like I don't think they're legitimate threats at all. Yeah, yeah. And what do you? Th- I mean, you think Baylor? You think they could go all the way? You th- they're you think they're a Final Four contending team? I do. Yeah. Yes. I I um I think I'm personally offended that you called them like a a shorter Kansas like that's just so rude I can't believe you said it but um, <laughs> I, I didn't mean uh, to shit talk anybody or offend anyone's height <laughs> I'm sitting here at five ten on a good day so no you know I just I just felt I felt personally offended for Flo Thamba um that's my guy right there yeah um, the Baylor but, Mo Bamba <laughs> yeah but um yeah I like I I think their guard play is really good I think their defense is really good and I think that can carry them pretty far um it it actually may be a pretty good comparison to call them like a not as long Kansas and generally <laughs> like I would definitely take Kansas over Baylor any day right now but yeah. um. I, I still think Baylor has a run in them, and I think that the way the season has played out, the way they played, like it's kind of hard to ignore the fact that they won 23 straight games. Like that, um, that yeah. just doesn't happen very often no. in college basketball. And they, you know, in in a conference like the Big 12, even with the Big 12 being down, the way they've basically ran through the league, 
is uh, is definitely notable to me. Right. Absolutely. And, the, and those those Big Twelve teams are still they still have talented players on their rosters, and especially when they see that that win column on the Baylor side when they're when they're playing against the Bears, they're gunning for them. They're going after them. You know, that's that's yep. the big game for all of those um, all those conference teams. So yeah, that's that's a good point. I. I like that point. Yeah, but I, I'm still not. I'm not swayed. Still, I yeah, don't. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I'll, I just. I'll kick him to like the Sweet Sixteen, or Elite Eight. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying they can't get that far. I, I can't just, ride it to the Final Four because in the SEC, I gotta going, trust my gut. Though. Oh yeah, I, my gut in the SEC. I love Kentucky and I love Auburn and I think LSU is like that eight seven eight team. That's just gonna make that stupid. Like, remember when South Carolina did it like three, four years ago? Yeah, yeah, as a seven seed, I could totally see LSU fucking doing that because Will Wade, Will Wade is like a, he scares me, like as a human being. Like if, if <laughs> like if I saw him, he's the kind of guy that I, like I feel like walks around with like a Bluetooth in at Walmart, you know, or or like at Whole Foods, like yelling at the top of his lungs without caring. He's just like seems like a crazy individual, and that kind of scares me. And Bruce Pearl is like his older is like his older brother, like like the drunk uncle <laughs> at the party or the barbecue. Um, but Kentucky and Auburn are two teams I really love. Are you in on those guys? Or is there a team? Is is there one that separates uh, of the two? Because um, I just think Auburn. You know, they have a Coro who is like that NBA guy that you love that you've mentioned mm-hmm. uh, really being into. Plus, everyone around him is a senior. So it's like that right. beautiful combination. And then in Kentucky, we have Maxi, who's been great. Another great freshman, Nick Richards, who, you know, people are talking about being SEC player of the year. Um, and then all, it's it's kind of interesting because usually, you know, Calipari is kind of cycling through his freshmen. But right now, like Yuzang, Whitney, you know, Keon Brooks, they've, they've kind of taken a backseat or a big time backseat. And it's been like the upperclassmen with Ashton Haggins. And Emmanuel quickly has been one of the hottest players in the country. So what are we feeling about the SEC with these two major teams and as an LSU? Do we have, should we be believing in LSU? Yeah, I'm, I'm in on Kentucky. And, um, like, you know, I think probably two or three months ago I would have said, like, I'm only in on Kentucky if Tyrese Maxey, like, emerges as the go-to guy, the John Wall of this class. And that has decidedly not happened. What right. has happened is Emmanuel quickly has turned into, like, a first-round prospect, and he's just been awesome and probably going to be the SEC player of the year. And I I did not see that coming, but it has been a very welcome surprise, obviously for Kentucky. Um, but, you know, just I, like the way this team has kind of developed and emerged with, with Richards and with Quickly and the way Ashton Hagens plays defense, like I, I'm just in on them. I think that they have the goods to go all the way. Uh, they're the team that I definitely favor in the SEC. And then I think there's like a – tier two um with auburn and lsu and i think the tier separation between kentucky and then auburn and lsu is significant to me and uh maybe you guys will pick bones with that but uh i feel like auburn's kind of just been playing with fire most of the season and they haven't kind of got burned you know they've played in one two three they're so every game is so close (laughs) four overtime games including one double overtime game uh no five overtime games yeah and they've won all five of them um just they play a lot of close games and and they keep <laughs> winning and and maybe like they just know how to win close games like that would probably be what bruce pearl would tell you but for I, some reason I, it doesn't I, feel like that yeah it just yeah. doesn't like i think they're a good team but they're not a great team yeah i think and, it's a, when uh, you're when your best player is to me yes probably going yes going to be a top 10 pick but a yeah. but a project pick, 
like yes, very clearly sure, a prospect. Is he their best player right now that we're relying on? I mean, I think he has to or be the best Samir player in the tournament. McCormick. I think, but if, if McCormick and Samir can kind of get things flowing and going, and I know I'm sticking up for them because they were my preseason Final Four pick, um, <laughs> and then just been yeah, but you, the, you got to you got to defend him. I know. I, I just think in I just I they, this is the same team pretty much that went to the Final Four last year. They can't shoot yeah. though. They don't have Bryce Brown. They do not have Bryce Brown, and they are missing that shot, and that does work. How me. many clutch shots did Bryce Brown hit for the it for the Auburn stupid. Tigers last it was, year? It was all it was biblical. Every single match. every single one. If it exactly. wasn't for Carson Edwards, it would have been the Bryce Brown show, a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, but the thing is with them is I think they play fast enough and well enough defensively that they could at least skate by. But I do agree with you. I think that Kentucky team is just so deep, and I think Calipari has like the right pieces to kind of get things going. And I would love to see Maxi take over. I really would. Good, good for Emmanuel quickly though. I mean, coming yeah. in as he was a top twenty-five prospect, a five-star recruit, was supposed to be the guy right from the right. jump, and he wasn't. It's, and now he's kind of like brought himself back. It's so funny. Like last two weeks, I, mean, I think it must have been like two or three weeks ago. I said, to you, I said to you, what about Emmanuel quickly? And you go, that guy's been a disappointment. And he, like, he, he has been. been. He, he, he has been. And as literally as Toss said that, boom. Like, you know, he he had been completely. And, and then the next, like, and then of next, course, in classic fashion, the next play had an and one in a clutch moment. <laughs> Dude, we, when we first started this podcast, I it was like maybe like four or five months um, before March Madness, and for. Like two, three months, I had been saying UVA is going to win the whole thing. And in classic fashion, that's when they lose to UMBC. Just like for <laughs> months, I had been like riding them all over them. But it's just so funny how that thing goes. And then we'll kind of kick it with the Pac-12. I mean, dude, it's it's honestly unfortunate in the Pac-12. I just think there's so many good teams that can actually do damage because we talk about, you know, Peyton Pritchard, who's averaging 20 plus a game and nobody, 20, he's going 24 and five with a steal. No one's talking about him as national player of the year. He's completely getting glossed over. Honestly, I would be shocked if any, any average college basketball fan knew who Remy Martin was. Who's yep. dropping 19 a game, you know? And then you have Colorado, a team I think could be sneaky and cause some problems. And uh, Arizona, I'm, I don't know, man. Arizona, to me, Sean Miller is the best recruiter, worst coach. Yeah, that's that's probably fair. That's probably fair. I feel like this team is like they should be at like twenty five wins, and they're at like eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, um, just, just the talent level that he has there is uh, is absurd. Like probably three first rounders, and uh, they they seem prime for like a first round upset. Like I just I don't I don't like this team. Yeah, I mean, Mannion is the kind of cerebral guard you want. He's exactly yep. what we're talking about. Like Najee, that. and so is Najee, and so is Zeke. Yeah. He's like right there, and then you, and then Josh Green doesn't have to do that much, but he can, you know, if he has to step up, he can score 12, 13 points a game and really mm-hmm. get it done. It's just like I, I, I want to go to that recruiting visit that he must send these kids on because it has to, <laughs> it must be so fucking fun that everyone looks past <laughs> the fact that you're going to get bounced in a round of 32 and be a disappointment. It's the you. Jesus Shuttlesworth treatment. It has to be. 100%. It has to be. Uh, but between Colorado, Oregon, or Arizona State, three teams that will make the tournament, Oregon is obviously going to be a higher seed. What are we thinking with these guys right here? I like Colorado of, of those. No, um, me too. I, I like Tyler Bay. Like, I feel like that defense is really good. McKinley Wright, when he is really rolling, like, I, I think that um, this team probably has the highest ceiling of, uh, of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, not Well, actually, I don't know. Maybe I'm misspeaking because I actually like Oregon a little bit more. Um, I like both of them, I guess. But, yeah, I, I think Colorado is probably the team that is maybe under-discussed and, and is going to be kind of brushed aside. 
um, of of those and the team that I think I I'm gonna feel smart when I pick him to go into the NCAA tournament and and win a couple games because uh, just I don't think anyone generally knows about Colorado but this is a very good Colorado team hundred percent no one knows about them at all I mean they're uh, you know M right four has been great. And yeah. he's another good guard, veteran guard. And then Schwartz and Bay are long, dude. Bay is like out. He's athletic as, as hell, man. Yes. He's like getting boards and buckets like like nobody's business. And all Schwartz has to do is just be like the number three guy. I yeah. think Peyton Pritchard has to have an Aaron Kraft like run, which he does have in him. You know, he could kind of, he just, I don't know, he just looks like Aaron Kraft, reminds me of Aaron Kraft. He, he just scores has, so much better than Aaron I Kraft. I know, though. it's like kind of the opposite. Kraft's a defender and he's like the offensive player, but it's just like he just gives me serious Aaron Kraft vibes. But he kind of has to have that moment where it's, I guess, Carson Edwards, where he takes over in a sense. And if he doesn't, they're not going to win. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. You guys can maybe help me. I don't remember which game it was earlier in the season. I feel like it was Arizona. It was. Oregon dueling with someone late in the game and Peyton Pritchard was going right. Oh, I think it was Michigan actually. And, um, and Peyton Pritchard was just going right at Xavier Simpson. And it was just incredible. Like Peyton Pritchard, when he decides he wants to take over a game, he can take over a game. And I think that's going to have to happen. Yeah. We saw it against Arizona this past weekend. He He dropped 38 a game, which is, you know, Every night in the NBA, but in college basketball, it's just, something we still special. Have, we still have yeah. something semblance of realistic hoops going on, you know, where it's not everyone's dropping, you know, fifty a game and losing, which was God ridiculous on Bradley Beal's part. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, I think the, they they yeah they beat Michigan at Michigan, or was it was in a tournament? I think or one of the two. But yeah, he had a great game against them. He has to go off for them to really be serious. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if uh, USC is going to get in, but Okong will be a really fun player just to watch in the tournament because I, I think he's sweet. Yeah. Talk yeah. About, talk I about mean, a prospect there. I'm excited about Okongwu. I hope I hope that they get into the NCAA tournament just for that reason. Um, mm-hmm. Another like another guy that I don't think people are generally all that aware of, but um, like probably going to be a top 10 pick, like just right. super long, a great shot blocker. Like I think probably – the most instinctive shot blocker in college basketball. And um, like, he's a, he's a pretty good offensive player too. Like, I don't think people are giving him enough credit for that, but uh, USC is kind of hit and miss this season, I guess would be kind of the polite way to put it. Yeah. And um, so I, I hope they get in just for that reason. Like I want to see him in the NCAA tournament. Um, but we'll, I guess we'll kind of wait and see how they finish the season. I would, athletic. I would love for them to play Baylor. I would love. For yeah, that's exactly. Oh, that'd be, that'd be sick. There, yeah, that's exactly what you want over that's there. That's exactly what I want. All yeah, right. couple it, more. Yeah, please, Alex. I would love if we, if Kyle, if you could give your top five teams right now. You're four and one. Yeah. Okay. All right. I know I'm putting you oh, on, this... putting you on the spot. You could go four and two. We give you like four. Your final four teams plus two teams that could shade your dark horses. Okay. Um, should I rank them in order? Yeah. Go for it, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we're going to do it side-by-side side probably on the gram with you tomorrow, if that's cool with you. Yeah. Amazing. Um, all right, so my number one team that I am picking to win it all, Kansas. Okay. Um, number two, Baylor. Number three, Dayton. <laughs> number four, Seton Hall. <laughs> number five, Michigan State. Nice. I love it. I like that too. It's probably not a traditional order, but um, 
yeah, I, I feel like there is uh there's money to be had there with Dayton and Seton Hall. Like those those two teams, the depth they have, the experience they have, um, their star players, like I just yeah. I love Seton Hall. I love Dayton. I am I'm picking them to go to the final four, I think. And, and I think because of the name of both because of both of those schools and who they are and that a lot of people yeah. who are gonna be making brackets don't necessarily know how good they really are. Yeah. They're gonna pick right. them to get bounced to get upset. So I think those are both really good picks because I think they can go deep. Do you have sure. a, do you have a five so we can just so we don't have to leave our guy hanging here? Yeah, yeah, we can give our fives too, yeah, Josh. Yeah. You you go you go first. <laughs> Me though. go first. All right, Gonzaga is my one. Okay. Kentucky is my two. Over there, I got Kansas three. I'll go Michigan State four. Yep. And just to be like a complete wild card, and you've hyped them up for me, and I'm in on them. I'm going Creighton five. I'm Love gonna, it. I'm going to go weird. Wow. Wow. Okay, so I have to go now? Yeah, you do have to go now. Ugh, okay. So no Texas. Dude. No Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, right. already, we already said they're winning, they're winning the NIT. <laughs> they're winning the NIT. If it was the NIT, it would be a different story. Wait, so are those – those are your like your five – yeah, to win. To it's win. four and one, yeah. Your four and one. Okay. So mine, crazy. But it's part of it is just because I love watching this team play, and they have that guard that we were talking about, and I think he's going to be better than his brother who made a clutch shot – for his team to win a national championship. Oh man. Duke's my number one. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Let yeah. Him, please no. don't let him oh. let him drink Just the let me do it. Let, him, me drink, do let it. him drink oh. the Kool-Aid. As long as Vernon Carey doesn't get into foul trouble and he stays on the court in the tournament, I think you're gonna I think they're gonna turn it up. They've I, I love them. I really do. I think on paper they're great, but my only issue is and I think it's a massive issue is all, look at all the, the games they've lost are against mediocre and crappy teams. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Which is what they're <laughs> gonna be seeing in the first and second round. But I'm for upset. No, I, I totally agree. And I'm taking some Boom of bust. I'm taking some of the some of the analysis out of it and and just some of the the gut and fun and, and putting that in there. Kansas is my two, then Dayton, then Michigan State. And then, I, like, if I'm picking a fifth team, it kind of has to be like a dark horse. Like, sure. So I'm I'm picking a team to get hot, and I think, I think, I'm gonna ride with you, Josh, in in the Auburn Tigers. I think if they get hot and they, can, and they can consistently in the tournament, I think they're you know Bruce Bruce Pearl's a great coach. I think if they can, and I was bashing them earlier, but if they can average like ten more points on the fast break than any other team in the tournament. Like, if they can do that to their opponent, not than any other team, because that's ridiculous, um, then they can really make some noise. Yeah, crush teams. Yeah. Shove it down their throat. Which will, which will hopefully, for them, compensate for their lack of the three ball. And I will give a shout-out to Villanova, because they've been my seventh behind Auburn. Yep, that's what I would do right there. And just so you know, we have a third co-host who uh, couldn't make it this afternoon, but he is the biggest San Diego State fan. And <laughs> t- like all San Diego teams, dude, he thinks the Padres are going to win the World Series Every year, it could be me. I could be their number one starter, and he'd feel that confident. Um, and then I one more, one more little list, and this one doesn't have to have as much thought in it, but just five players that people need to be looking out for for the NBA draft to make big splashes in the tournament this mm, year. That's a great question. Mm, mm, okay, um, let's say I'm going to start with Duke um, and go with Vernon Carey. Okay, I think. Um, yeah, a lot of people Falco. have him like late late twenties right now. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You think he's gonna jump up? I think he's gonna end up jumping. Um I actually had Trey Jones ahead of Vernon Carey for a while, but I think scouts have kind of flipped on that. I feel like they kinda of would prefer depends on, you know, obviously what fit and what they need, but I think Vernon Carey's gonna end up being drafted higher. Okay. Um, yeah. Number two, Ob- Obi Toppin 
from from Dayton. Yeah. Um, a, a guy that you know has gone from he's kind of like the John Morant of this year, right? Like gone from uh, completely off the radar, like super super athletic last year, but maybe not an NBA prospect to this year, like super athletic, um, a, a more diverse offensive arsenal, and like definitely the best player on a top five team. If right. I may jump uh, in really you think, quickly. You think he'll be a top five pick? I was going to ask. I think I was going to ask him a little crazier with I, I, Cole Anthony I being think, out, like a extending yeah. period with Halliburton. You know, Halliburton was in that conversation. as like that, you know, the outside guy to jump in. I think he's really good, by the way. Um, but he's now injured. Right. Wiseman's missed time. Anthony Edwards, obviously, I think is in LaMelo are the best players. But LaMelo has like the weird baggage that I think will scare some teams away despite the talent. And then you could yeah. have a team like the Warriors who has Clay coming back and Steph coming back. They have Andrew Wiggins over there. Can they get crazy if they have the one pick? Is that a plausibility? And take you, Obi Toppin. Would that be wild? And run Draymond at the five. I'm also just hot take, and this is NBA related, but I think the Warriors could easily be back in the finals next year. Yeah, yeah, for I, sure. I would bet on it. Um, like if I were the Warriors, I think I would prefer James Wiseman okay. to Obi Toppin. Yeah, but um, like just if you know in a vacuum, I would take Toppin over Wiseman. Um, I, I think Toppin is going to end up being a top four pick. I just, I, I cannot, I cannot name any more players that are better than him. Like I, I, yeah. I like Lamella ball. I like Anthony Edwards. Like I think the top of the draft is pretty good and you can take some dart throws, but Toppin just in terms of what he can bring immediately, he's just super smart, uh, super athletic. Like I think his versatility is just going to translate. So uh, he's a guy that I think can take Dayton a really long ways, and uh, I, I see him being a lock for the top five. Yeah, pay attention to Obi. Okay, three. Who's your third guy? Okay, uh, Cassius Winston, Michigan State, yep. uh, six foot one point yep. guard. Uh, we've already talked about him, but a guy that uh, you know, you guys are in LA. I, I am praying that this guy ends up on the Lakers. I think he's going to be just a perfect fit um, in LA. Learn I under think, Rondo. Uh, not bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just kick Rondo to the curb. He's I just such he a good. Play. He's just such a good game manager. Yeah, he's he, such a good game is. manager. He's got such good poise for how young he is. Like, if, if he were coming into the NBA, I, this is how I'd be talking about him. Um, can hit the three, and also can get you a bucket. But just like that guard that you, I, I would guarantee he would have a long career in the NBA as a solid backup point guard. It's like they're not the same position or same, eh, maybe the same position, but not the same size. But it's just the cerebral, the the savvy, and the IQ that Malcolm Brogdon has that no one should have slept on. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And the fact that he could shoot the three like very, very well, Huge. I think that just plays now. perfectly for off sure. of LeBron. Yeah. Um, how many have I named? Three, three. or four? That's three. You have two more. Okay. Uh, next one. Let's go, Devon Dotson from Kansas. Don't necessarily know if he's going to be a first-rounder, but um, I think he might just end up being the fastest player in the NCAA tournament when he, when we get there. Mm. And um, the way he creates offense, the way he kind of manages Kansas, um, it's it's already a problem for teams. Uh, Kansas is 25-3. and three. They're probably going to win the Big 12. And I think it'll be a problem in the NCAA tournament too. So it'll be fun to watch him play. Uh, the the praise and all the uh, hyperbole will probably go towards Udo Gazabuki, but Dotson, just the way he plays defense, the way he pushes the pace, um, a guy that I think could end up being kind of a, a guy that rides a wave with a strong NCAA tournament and kind of pushes into that first round discussion mm. 
Um, that's four, right? Yeah, four. Got one more? Yeah, one more, man. Okay. Fifth one, Isaac Okoro, that uh, we've talked about earlier. He yeah. is uh, maybe not the guy on Auburn, and I kind of hope that he's not the guy. He's not ready to be the guy, but you know, he's uh, just the way he plays. He's six foot six. He's just like a perfect NBA wing. I think he's going to be a good shooter when the shot comes. He's going to end up being one of the most productive players in this class. He's a great, great, great defender, really yeah. a game changer. And um, the way that Auburn plays, pushing the pace, they run transition. I think it's perfect. He's going to make a difference in the NCAA tournament. And yeah. uh, Auburn, they could make a run. I'm fading them, but Let's I think go. they could make a run. Yeah, yeah we're going to yeah. buy into I just, it. Yeah, and again, like I'll bring it up. My one concern with him is that he is a project, and we've seen projects flop once they get to the NBA. I just hope he doesn't I, I don't, become Wesley I don't, Johnson. I don't think – yeah. It's like one of those situations. I hope it's like because Wesley Johnson's like the bad what he could be, but he could totally like he's six six, he's six seven, whatever. Grow a little bit. He's athletic. He's Isn't it interesting like, that like what was in the beginning of the early two thousands, late nineteen nineties was like the swingman era, right? And now we're, we're that's kind of a that's a super valuable piece for any NBA contender. Mm-hmm, yeah. Once again, that's becoming the valuable piece. I mean, if the Jazz, you look at Tatum and yeah. Brown, you look at PG and Kawhi. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Hundred percent. Yep. I I think I think if the shot falls, and maybe that's kind of a bigger if that I'm giving it credit for. But if if he becomes like a average three point shooter, yeah, he's he's going to be a great NBA player. Like I think you could say that he's a project, I guess. But like more so than like Obi is what I'm saying. But yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, I agree with that. But the way he kind of impacts the game at every level defensively he's so versatile he's switchable and um i like i just think that translates immediately i agree i think yeah. the cat i think it's like it's like i just hope he's not i mean it's actually wouldn't be that bad if he's if he's similar to jonathan isaac i mean i know he's three inches shorter but i feel yeah. like from a from a player standpoint from a raw talent standpoint it seems like somewhat of a similar situation yeah as long as he's healthy yeah Isaac's great defensively as long as he's healthy though. I think if he's on the Cavs, like if the Cavs have like the fifth or sixth pick, unfortunately for them, but if they have the fifth or sixth, they take him and they could kind of move Kevin Porter Jr. to the bench with Darius Garland and kind of have that going off the bench, then yeah. I think things change um, for them big time and he's just a good defensive player to go next to Sexton as like a two or three. I love that though. Love those five. Yeah, great five. Um, uh, great call, man. Thank you. You've kind of put our minds at ease, and hopefully our listeners' minds at ease. Really great insight uh, to have a backbone uh, to college basketball. It's been an amazing season, um, and I think the tournament's going to be one for one for the books. Seriously, I think people just have to buy into it. Yeah, this was fun, man. I'm glad you guys uh, had me on, and uh, hopefully, we'll be able to do it again. Hopefully. This is actually what I'm hoping. I'm hoping my predictions are right. These yeah. are going to oh, we'll pretty come, terribly, We're going to we're going to uh, come back. We could come back after March Madness and do it again and run it back and see how we did. Let's do it. Yeah, Amazing. that sounds good. That would be great, man. That we would really love that. And also before I let you go, um I just wanted to uh thank you because after reading reading some of your articles, Trace Trace Jackson Davis on Indiana. I'm in on him. That he is good, man. He is a baller. I've, you've turned me on to him, so I, I wanted to thank you uh, for that. He's he's great. He's super efficient. I love Trace Jackson Davis. We didn't talk about Indiana, and uh, maybe that's my fault, but th- that's a good team. Like, I think in the NCAA tournament, they can win a couple games. Yeah, because they get eight seed or seven seed, they can get hot. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Great stuff. We love talking to you, brother. Um, and then, oh, yeah, where can we follow you, man? For the, everyone listening oh, out there. Yeah, please. Yeah. So um, you can follow. Twitter, it's Kyle double underscore 
Boone. And uh, I think that's the same as my Instagram. People probably don't want to follow my Instagram because it's just like pictures of my newborn child. But um, oh, congrats! Yeah, I hope that I, that's I, amazing. Yeah, I'm, Toss loves babies. Babies I'm, are babies so are great. cute. When when when, were, yeah. when was uh, when was your newborn born? Uh, 16 days ago. Dude, oh my dude. gosh! Congratulations. As we yeah. say in the Jewish religion, Mazel Tov, baby. That's, Mazel Tov. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. That's great. Yeah. Congratulations. February February eighth was the day. Uh, February tenth. Tenth. Yeah. February nice. 10th. That's yep. a great. Yep. great. So uh, <laughs> putting him on the spot. <laughs> nah, sorry, man. He he passed. Oh, man. He's, he's dad. Yeah, his dad of the year. He passed. I was my math. Yes. That was bad. I thought we were February fourteenth. I'm like, yeah. Twenty fourth. No, lost. I've been pumping that coffee, that New Mexico pinion coffee. Finish how we started, full circle. You're like a comedian. That's right. <laughs> Amazing. That's right. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it, brother. All right. Thanks, fellas. We'll catch up soon. Sounds good, man. Be good. All right. See ya. Bye. Great episode. Really loved it. Amazing. Um, amazing hope you guys time. liked our picks. Yeah, I hope you guys liked our or picks. Or hope you didn't. And if you didn't, tell us about it. Yeah, and or an or analysis. I hope you liked the show more than you liked the um, ad read we did. Um, Garbaggio. <laughs> not our best, but that's what but we But True Classic Tees really are the best. Though. Yeah, they are great. And we live and we learn. And we're just growing every day. Um, and to the fans out there, swing on a full count. Drag both feet inbounds, rip the puck, hit that putt, hit your PKs because they're free. Fill out your March Madness brackets because that's coming up soon. And hit your free throws. Why, Toss? Because they're free. Because they're free. We outcha. We love ya.